All right, what's up, everybody? Stuart Anderson here. Welcome to episode 66 of Me Dwelle Podcast, where we interview Volley Factory Racing team member Brad Wiggs. Hey, you guys know Brad. He came to camp in St. George with the uh, Volley team with Brian Trapp and the Volley squad that drove uh, all the way from California to be with us in St. George. Really fun to be with Brad. He uh, joined us on all the rides, and we got to hear about his life not only working for Volet, but also uh, as a racer. So that's what this podcast is all about, is Brad, uh, his journey, his cycling journey, and uh, everything that he would give as advice uh, on how he trains, uh, how he's progressed through uh, his own career to be uh, a cyclist. So grateful for Brad, thankful for him spending the time to be with us. A few announcements. Team camp has been scheduled. It's on the calendar for April the 13th through the 16th down in St. George. Should be nice, beautiful, and warm down at that time. So uh, be working on accommodations and whatnot, and we will be in St. George soon. Uh, We fired up some Zwift rides for the winter. Uh, So get the kickers out and uh, get those bikes inside, I guess. I don't know why I should be encouraging that, except it is a lot of fun. Uh, So if you're uh, not on the club team on the Zwift Companion app, let us know. And we will add you to the club team on the Zwift Companion app. That's how we're doing all the rides and uh, events for the team on Zwift. A couple weeks and we're going to release the 2023 kits. The red kits are coming back. And uh, we're excited to have the new team store open for everybody to order and have kits uh, probably late January, early February is when all the new stuff will arrive. So get ready for that. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors who are on the new jersey. Uh, their logos, all of them are team members, guys, and uh, companies who want to support us from our own ranks, which is always fun. A lot of great things going on with our sponsors and how they interact with the team, from raffles to giveaways to uh, being on our podcast. So grateful for all the guys who support the team and for what's ahead in 2023. All right, that's it. Enjoy this podcast with Brad Wiggs. Grateful for him, and hopefully he can join us at camp uh, next year. All right, enjoy. All right, what up? Welcome, everybody. Episode 66. Bradley Wiggs, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, If you don't know Bradley, then you didn't come to team camp, which you should have last, uh, what were we? Was it March? St. George. Yeah, March. come to camp. Yeah, Mark. So Brad joined us at team camp from the Volley varsity team, which is what I call you and Brian. So varsity <laughs> team came and uh, it was so fun to ride with him. Uh, we were just chatting. Uh, we should do two camps here. It was that fun. I just loved freaking team camp. It was so fun. I wish I could do that every weekend, but that's where we met. Although I'd seen your face on many a Volley website and Instagram post. What currently, what do you do for Volley? Maybe you should tell us. Uh, I'm Volley's uh, sponsorship and, and uh, outreach coordinator. So I spend a lot of time talking with athletes, all of our sponsored athletes, all of our uh, sponsored events, and uh, just kind of, yeah, coordinating all that stuff because, um, yeah, a lot going on there. We're going to talk a little bit about, we'll talk about that, all these cool people that you're connected to. One of the funnest things that happened this year was Brad was at Leadville, and we just walked into the volley tent and there he was and then we saw him at dinner in frisco and then you were head crew chief for hannah so it was a what a fun weekend for you there at leadville so anyway yeah that was a blast 
So cool. Uh, I'm going to read this little introduction written by Blake Eaton, who I believe is your friend. Uh, I can't quite tell from this introduction. Oh, man. Uh, friend, coach, <laughs> team captain, dad. I mean, yeah, it's all. <laughs> He's a man of many roles for me. I mean, you'll kind of get a feel for this introduction by this first line. Uh, Bradley Wiggs is the lesser known little brother of Bradley Wiggins. <laughs> Lesser both in size and riding prowess, but nevertheless, a force to be reckoned with on two wheels. Coming from a running background down in the desert of Palmdale, Wiggs joined cycling later than most, accrediting most of his growth in cycling to Colin Patterson. Come, come on, M. Blake Anton. Wiggs rode for Cal, Cal Poly Cycling and started both the collegiate national road and crit races, but didn't finish either. What's the story there? What's that's that? Incorrect. That, uh, that's incorrect. Well, <laughs> okay. I didn't finish the road race. That okay. is correct. And I kind of technically didn't finish the crit. I was pulled, but I was placed. I got a place for that. Okay. Which I'm very okay. proud of. So very good. Shout out little Brad. Now racing for the Voler factory uh, racing and working at Volet. He dabbles in gravel and is pretty good at mountain bikes as well. Okay. Some currently call him the angel of gravel, and he's been racing the international road scene, having raced across Latin and South America, as well as China in the past few years. This is Brad Wiggs. That's pretty good. Ooh, that was a pretty Ooh. good announcer voice. <laughs> Thanks. Brad, um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, Blake threw in a bunch of inside jokes, and uh, I mean, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to get into him. Uh, maybe talk about where you grew up, your little background history, family, and uh, yeah, what was it like, Bradley as a child? Oh, Bradley as a child was, I peaked in middle school, so um, <laughs> the the Brad that you know now is is nothing compared to- You've already reached your apex. Brad, yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in Palmdale, California, which is like an hour northeast of Los Angeles, a little desert town, it's super windy. Um, and I grew up playing a bunch of ball sports and having fun. I rode mountain bikes from a really young age. I was mm. probably mountain biking when I was like, I mean, six or seven. Like, nice. Uh, my dad got me into it, and I just kind of something I just did for fun. I actually, in fact, had never raced a mountain bike until Tahoe Trail this year. Um, even though I've been riding, I've been riding mountain bikes like my whole life or whatever. Um, but kind of, yeah, put bikes on the on the back burner for a while. Um, I picked up distance running cross country, uh, when I was in sixth grade and I hated it. And, uh, then that slowly blossomed into, uh, a love for, for distance running and endurance athletics. Um, and ended up, uh, I broke my collarbone riding my mountain bike, uh, as a junior in high school. And my coach was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta chill. Um, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to chill. Didn't ride mountain bikes for a while. And then broke my foot running as a freshman in college. Um, actually broke it at the state championships and um, couldn't run. Broke it again. Still couldn't run and got on a bike just because I it was low impact and I could do it. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever uh, ridden a road bike. Um, and I guess that's kind of what got me into to road riding. And so you excelled at uh, distance running? Were you pretty good? Uh, not at first, no. Uh, as a oh. sixth grader, I think I was, we had a pretty good team. Um, I think our team was like, we, we won the Mountain Sack Invitational, which is a pretty big deal for, um, it's like the, it's the biggest cross-country invitational in the world. 
um, or it was at the time, I'm sure probably still is. I don't know. Um, so we have a pretty good sixth grade team. And I was, I was like our, I don't know, eighth, ninth man or something. Um, yeah. and then as a seventh grader it was like a little bit better, maybe as an eighth grader it was like getting a little better. Um, and I don't know what I hated it at first. My dad was like, Hey, you should go after the team. And I didn't quit cause I didn't want to disappoint my dad. And he, I, he wouldn't have cared at all if I quit. Um, but I was like, I don't want to, I want to make him proud or whatever. And so, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to tell him going into my seventh grade year. And I was like, Hey man, I don't want to run anymore. So I just kept running. <laughs> um, and then I broke my collarbone a different time, um, and missed our track season. And I was like, am I bummed to miss track season? What, what is this feeling? Hmm. Do I like running? Do I like distance running? Um, and then, yeah, ended up getting a little better, a little better. And by the time high school rolled around, like my junior year, I, I would say I really kind of developed and had some, some breakout results and uh, uh, ended up being halfway decent. Nice, dude. And so as a, as a form of helping that foot recover, you take to bikes or I guess road biking. Um, right, right. I mean, is that, is, is, were you in college at the time? Is that kind of where it all started? Yeah, uh, it was kind of interesting because it was, it was my, I guess, like freshman track season, which I, I was a medical red shirt because I couldn't run. Um, and my dad's got this like 58 centimeter SR from like 1978 with, you know, down tube friction shifters and um, like cages on it. I'm riding my, in my running shoes and like a t-shirt and basketball <laughs> shorts. Um, but like, you know, I've you got, should I've change got that. Fitness. You should change that story to jorts. You were wearing Levi jorts. I wish I was. I would have looked, <laughs> people were like, what is this guy doing? But if I'd been wearing jorts, they'd have been like, this guy's sick. This guy's the real deal. So I, I, I goofed that one, but, um, you know, running fitness is there and I, I had no idea what I was doing, but there's actually a pretty decent little, uh, red biking community in Palmdale and, um, a bunch of, uh, really supportive folks out there. And you're like, Hey man, like you're pretty good at this. Hmm. You do this, you just stop running. And I was like, I'm a runner. What are you talking about? I can't stop running. Uh, and then a couple years later, I stopped running. And I was like, oh, maybe I should oh, do this. Nice. Um, so <laughs> here we are. Nice. Hey, well, um, maybe explain. I is always kind of an interesting question to see how people respond, which is what I think you're an incredible cyclist. You think makes you good at it? Um, Skills experience training willingness your mind like what do you think what do you think makes it work i would i, I want to say confidence hmm. i think it's more of a cockiness i just go i and I've, this has been something that i've done since i was running i go into every race and i'm like i'm the best dude on the line hmm. even when like logically i know there's not a chance i'm the best dude on the line <laughs> but i go in i just have this dumb i mean just like raw confidence and it it is um and maybe that comes with a little bit of success and you think, uh, you know, you get that success and then that leads to a little bit more confidence and, and mm -hmm. that in turn leads to maybe a little bit more success. Um, other than that, I think a lot of the things that I picked up when I was younger running, uh, you know, the understanding that like with any endurance sport, it's just, you know, going out and doing it, doing the work. Um, mm -hmm. like the, the rest will, will figure itself out if you're going out there and you're, um, putting in the time. Yeah. Being, being consistent, being dedicated is, uh, is worth way more than any kind of talent. Uh, nice. 
I don't know how actually talented I am. I don't think I'm very talented. I don't, especially like looking at my running background, man, I, I don't think I was talented at all. Hey, doesn't um, matter. If, you're, if you know you're going to win, doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. If you're stupid enough. <laughs> whatever dude so tell me about what it was like to what what is it like to be on i don't know what it's like to be on a college team do you guys travel the country i mean what's it like uh for cycling yeah or for um, yeah, cycling. so i rode for cal poly uh so we're a club sport we're not a okay. there's a ncaa cycling and then there's like club varsity cycling um the club teams actually end up being uh, a little bit better than the, uh, the varsity teams. The varsity teams are all smaller schools. Um, they've got cool programs. They pay their, their, you know, their riders are on scholarship and they get, you know, um, financially they're a much better place, but the club programs, like all the, most of the bigger schools, um, have a lot of talent, but it's all kind of like Cal Poly for me was just like me and three homies hopping in a van and like bumming it up to whatever race was going on for the weekend. And, <laughs> being dumb college kids and yelling at people and yeah, just being stoked about bikes. So, um, as far as an introduction to road racing, I think the collegiate cycling scene is fantastic. It's just a fun time. Yeah. Um, and not a whole lot of pressure. Everyone's just stoked to be out there. Cool. And then I, uh, you know, a few years ago I started, you know, I follow everything that Volley does. So you ride on that, on the gravel, the gravel squad or, um, the, the technical term, Voler factory racing. Is that what we call? I mean, you guys are. That is the technical okay. term. Technical yep. term. And uh, when Brad and I were riding together at camp, I was like, dude, you're a pro. So cool. And Brad was <laughs> like, I think you have a misunderstanding of what this means. <laughs> to be, uh, um, maybe you could explain what you current, how you currently race and, and what you currently do. Yeah. So uh, Volet factory racing, we're a road team. Um, and I think at this point, all of us kind of mess around and buying gravel bikes from time to time, but we're, yeah. uh, I'd say that's more of a, um, a hobby, whereas the, the road is where we are a road team. Um, I don't consider myself by any means a professional cyclist. Okay. Um, the bummer part of that is that all the guys that we race against, <laughs> a lot of those guys are professional cyclists. <laughs> um, so we, we all, you know, we're all cat ones or, or whatever. So we're at the same uh, level, I guess. Um, uh, but I don't get paid a livable wage to ride my bicycle. And so I don't call myself a pro because I think I'd be giving myself way too much credit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, we all have day jobs and, uh, and enjoy racing bikes. And, uh, the whole team is comprised of a bunch of cool, cool people. Um, so I, I feel pretty fortunate to have been a part of it for the last few years. Cause yeah, like I said, just a bunch of sweet dudes so nice who manage it like who who takes care of the team who's in charge of phil who's on our, yeah. our director um and he he said he's been retired last time i talked to him for like 10 years from bike racing he was a really i think mean, he was a he was a professional he was a pro bike racing yeah uh, a real pro <laughs> um although he'd probably argue with me if i said that um <laughs> he 10 years in retirement could probably still beat me in a time trial and most of the other guys on the team, he's still, <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a stud. Um, but he does all of the, the management and the, uh, yeah, he's our, he's our director. So he sets everything up, does all the sponsor work, uh, all the behind the scenes work. So, so uh, your career, your, I mean, 
what what you do, I guess, in your spare time. I mean, there's a lot of energy for bikes, in my opinion. What is yeah. it that, why, what's the, where does that come from? Your kind of dedication to this activity, this sport. Uh, it's, it's changed over the years. I mean, I, I have a love of, of competition and, um, I think that is, uh, something that maybe I, I discovered, uh, through running. Um, and then I kind of carried it over to bikes and, um, uh, at the end of the day though, it's just like, I love going out and, and riding my bike makes me, makes me happy. Um, you know, long day at work, guess what? I got a bike ride coming up. Life's good. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, and I, uh, I like racing. I like the, the tactical side of it and no point in going and lining up for these races if I'm no good. So, yeah. um, and I understand what it takes to, to be good. So, um, that time commitment is, is, a, a small price to pay, I would say to, to be able to go do the stuff that I like doing. Yeah. I mean, you were in Arkansas all weekend at the last, uh, lifetime grand pre event. And then when you got home, up pops your Instagram story. It's dark. And he's like, Brad's out. He's riding his mountain bike in the dark. Oh man. So it's oh, well, the truth. It's the truth. You love it. Yeah. Part part of that is I love nighttime mountain bike rides. I, I huh. think I ride mountain bikes better at night than I do in the daytime. I don't know if it maybe it's probably just the tunnel vision you get from like having a light on your face and you can only see what's in front of you. So uh -huh. I can't get distracted by stuff and all of a sudden I'm just ripping, you know. It's it's uh um I think that was my first nighttime mountain bike ride of the year and it just yeah it kind of came I mean it was a long travel day and yeah uh, I hadn't gotten a ride in um or I I guess I got a ride in the day before but I didn't want to miss uh, uh another day of bike riding because I love mm -hmm. it. So hopped on the mountain bike. Nice. Um I followed you all year. You had a lot of memorable moments, a lot of cool podiums. Um, maybe talk a bit about your most memorable 2022 moments or races, or um, maybe talk about your uh, what you did on a bike this year. Um, I'd say my most memorable, I think looking, and this happened pretty recently, so I don't know, maybe it'll fade with time, but I, I think this will be the thing that I hold on to the longest. Uh, we were down in Honduras um, for the, the Vuelta Honduras, and uh, I got sick um, on the like the third day, which I was really bummed about. We only did two uh, out-of-the-country stage races this year, and I got sick for both of them. I was like, what are the chances? And I was only <laughs> sick twice. I've only been sick twice in like the last three years. No. <laughs> and I was like, what are the chances? How is this happening right now? Um, so I was, it was pretty miserable. Um, I had lucked into the points Jersey on the second stage, um, kind of luck. I, I was one of 12 guys to make it over the, the first climb of the day. And then there was a sprint, uh, an intermediate sprint, which, you know, it was me versus a bunch of other climbers. Uh, and I've got a pretty good sprint for a dude who goes uphill halfway, halfway well. So, uh, my teammate Colin rolls back. He's like, you want to take this, want to take this, uh, sprint point. I was like, no, dude, I'm. I'm going to save it for the finish line. And then I was like, I asked him, I was like, Hey man, am I going to be in the points jersey? And he was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it. Uh, and then was dropped on the last climb. So nothing mattered there. But uh, anyways, the next day I wake up sick, pretty bummed. And in the fourth stage played a pretty, um, pretty important role in getting our sprinter on the podium. And, and that stage, I think will be the, hmm. that was a very memorable um, stage for me, just kind of, 
I mean, barely hanging on, on every little roller and like, just feeling like I was going to die the whole day. And then when push came to shove, uh, I had to do a bunch of work to get our sprinter back to the front group. I got him there and then helped uh, Colin again, uh, chase, there was a two man break up the road. We chased the breakdown, uh, and then we're just covering moves left and right for our sprinter. And it was a really, really, really hard day for me. Uh, but we put Andrew, uh, on the podium and he got some sprint points and, um, it was a, a very rewarding day, uh, for me to see him succeed, uh, especially that I, so uh, you know, I just laid it on the line and it was, and it, uh, it all worked out. So I think that was so probably, good. that was it. And you, and you were sick and I you were dying. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a really hard day. <laughs> Michael, it's like Michael Jordan playoffs right now. <laughs> Something like that. I was like, oh, it was a rough trip. Very cool. <laughs> hey, um, we we um saw each other a couple times this year, um, as you travel around the tent with Vole, uh, and and then Brad interacts with a lot of the same guys that that we interact with. So we've had Hannah on the podcast, and she lives right down the street from me. TJ, uh, we've had TJ on the podcast and he lives down St. George. Everybody knows TJ and, uh, <laughs> just a, a few of these other awesome, uh, Bole athletes that you supported and were with throughout the year as you traveled around to, to be at the expos and stuff with the tent. Maybe what, like, what was that like? Was that, was that hard to travel? Was it worth it to travel? I mean, what do you learn watching these athletes all year? I love I mean, that's, that's part of the reason that I like what I do so much. And uh, part of what was so enticing for me to quit my beloved bike shop job to uh, come work for Volley was, mm. was being a part of that and being a part of other athletes and, uh, and their success. So, I mean, going out to Leadville and, and playing such a small part in Hannah's, Hannah's win and handing her a couple water bottles. I mean, I was like, that was awesome. And to see her, <laughs> Uh, succeed like that especially with her I mean she comes in and like wasn't even sure she was gonna be able to finish she had just separated her shoulder that's right uh, it's at elevation she had had a, a really rough time at uh, nationals which was also at like 10,000 feet a couple weeks earlier and so I mean just for her to line up was was tough uh, and for her to uh, win the thing was just like it was crazy um, was. and so watching that and um pretending like I was a, a part of that has been uh, really cool. And, um, cause I, and I love it. I mean, all these, uh, all these athletes are pretty like-minded folks, I'd say um, to myself. And so being around them and um, getting to help them in any way that I can is really rewarding. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. And do you interact with Lindsay Stevenson as well? Yeah. Lindsay's the best. <laughs> so cool it's a, it's fun that you are connected in so many ways to a lot of these writers that we are with and around and kind of associate with so very cool uh most do you have a most memorable from it would leadville be the most memorable from your job this year or is there anything else that stands out uh leadville was awesome i mean it's, it's a great event um and being there was was cool in and of itself and then obviously hannah um winning the dang thing by like six minutes was like I mean, we were freaking out um Paige john weller just won big sugar she rides for abus pro gravel and is That's right. very new to to bikes in general um and got into the lifetime grand prix uh i just read an article that she, she did an interview recently and she's like i was kind of hoping i didn't get into the grand prix because oh, yeah. she had never ridden a mountain bike before this year she's like <laughs> oh, i don't 
I kind of don't want to get into this. And then she gets accepted. And she's like, well, and she goes and buys a mountain bike. And uh, <laughs> she ended up ninth overall uh, in the Grand Prix, won like, you know, 7,000 bucks or whatever, won at Big Sugar. Um, and so being a part of that was really cool as well. Uh, and then I was also, I'd say the, probably my favorite event of the year was Gravel Worlds. Um, mm. We sponsored Gravel Worlds and I was out there um, selling their event jerseys and ended up actually riding it. Um, and the whole event is just like, has this really cool, like it's well-organized, but it still feels like a very grassroots kind of um, gravel race and so much love out there for the community and for bikes. And uh, that, that was a fantastic event to be a part of. So I'd say those three probably. Very cool. Will you, keep, will you keep working for, wait, I don't want to reveal anything. You plan on still working? For, is that some, is this where you're going to stay? I mean, what do you see? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. For the time being, for sure. I'm having a good time. And, um, Brian, my boss, the big Brian trap. Um, I love that guy. So I'm having, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Brad and Brian, they look at me all day long. I mean, you guys are staring at my pictures all day, right? Both of our, yeah. My job description is to sort through photos of you and Kristen Spencer. (laughs) I mean, the whole game and just say, this one's, this one's good. This one's really good i'm gonna oh, post this God. one that's all i do that's my that's that's my job description is look at photos of these guys and pick the best ones did you like us riding our sl7s on the dirt did you laugh yes. at that yeah no not at all that's <laughs> any bike is a gravel bike as long as you ride it in the dirt so. that's what brian said i was like no, okay <laughs> you guys are like i gotta ride on dirt and brian's like yeah yeah you guys have gravel bikes no, so yeah well they're gonna be gravel bikes when you ride them the <laughs> Spencer, Spencer's disc brakes and rotors. You should have heard him by the end of that trail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Hey, um, I just, before we move on to the next part, is there anybody that stands out in your mind as like your biggest mentor? It's, it's something that I think is a huge part of this sport. Um, anybody that you look up to and, and why, uh, how's that kind of played a role in, in where you are? Um, I hate to give Blake any credit at all but i yeah blake blake anton has played uh, a large part of my success um he has believed in me um and probably has played a part in my stupid confidence as well um and um I, yeah just having faith in your athletes is important and blake as a coach does a, a really good job with that um and i you know i hang out with him all the time because he lives pretty close when we go on rides and stuff he's played a big part and then i also hate to give credit to colin patterson but um and i would never ever ever say that i look up to colin so nobody get any uh ideas about me feeling like that I, i'm a i'm a worse athlete than colin but um <laughs> colin was a teammate of mine at cal poly and um uh, then i kind of followed him over to belay factory racing um and at the first like big races that I did, Colin had way more faith in me than he should have. Um, and was like, all right, team, we're riding for Brad. And I'm like, dude, I am basically still a cat three, like chill out. Why are we riding for me? Colin's like, you're the guy. Cool. Um, and so that kind of blind faith, I would call it, um, has, uh, at, at the time was really important for me. And, um, uh, yeah, I th- I'd say those two guys no credit to those guys, but they've played a, a large part <laughs> in any amount of success that I've had. That's cool. Anything that they've taught you that really stands out? I mean, that really like kind of runs through your mind or you'll pass um, on to athletes one day? 
I, Collins taught me a bunch of lessons just by putting me in the pain cave all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> every time I ride with Colin is like the worst ride of my life. It's awful. <laughs> um, he goes uphill pretty well. And I like to think I go uphill pretty well until I ride with Colin. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forget huh. what this is like. Um, I think he currently still hold. He, he has the world record for the most elevation gained in 24 hours. Oh, that's right. He does. 68,000 feet. He just rode his bike up the same hill for oh a whole day. I remember that. And uh, it's like 68,000 feet or something. He almost died like 12 times on the descent because there's like, it's like nighttime and they're like deer coming out in front of him and he's mobbing this descent at 60 miles an hour. It. Yeah, he's like arrow tucked and like an opossum rolls out and he's like, Ugh. you know, trying to dodge it or whatever. Um, so yeah, th- those two guys for sure. Uh, and then my dad um, has been a big part of, uh, I mean, all growing up, you know, he's been a, a big supporter. My family in general has supported pretty much everything that I, um, have aspired to do, which has been really nice as well. Nice. Uh, I consider you, you know, a fair amount of, uh, endurance. You've done a fair amount. (laughs) If you were going to talk to a, like a, anybody, um, what, what kind of things have you learned over the years that you would pass on when it comes to like training advice? Um, training advice is it's tough because it's, it's, the one thing that I've, I, I shouldn't say one thing, but I've learned that it's pretty individual. Um, you know, different athletes different uh, respond differently to different stimuli. So, I mean, um, some athletes do really, really well with a high volume program. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I, especially running, that was pretty apparent. I'm somewhat injury prone and there are things you can do to, to, you know, help yourself be more, you know, bulletproof against, uh, overuse injuries, but I, for whatever reason, am, am <laughs> on the spectrum of fragile to bulletproof. <laughs> I'm, I'm fragile. I'm a, hmm. uh, delicate flower. Um, and so it's tough. I'd say the big thing is just listen to your body. Um, hmm. don't try and do too much. Um, so many young athletes I see like just go crazy with volume or intensity and don't right. take rest days, like take your rest days. It's important. Um, you're like, you just got this like huge amount of motivation and you're just like chomping at the bit to go do your next workout. Chill out, chill out, mm-hmm. get a coach who knows what he's doing. Take your rest days seriously uh, and rest on those days. Don't go out and do full workouts. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, when you start training and a little provides you with some feedback, then obviously more will provide more feedback. So you got to keep right? it. And it just, it's so, it's so hard to balance it. It's tough. That's a hard it's, thing. It's really hard. I had a bunch of teammates when I was running in high school who all younger guys who uh, a lot of them after I graduated and stuff, I was just kind of watching them. Uh, some friends with a lot of them or whatever. And they just, I mean, like overdid it. They Oof. were going out like two, two runs a day and trying to do this, like, you know, the same kind of mileage that you see professional runners doing. And it's like, you, you know, you haven't built up to that. You're doing way too much. You're not taking rest days and they get in their head there, you know, they start getting slower and they're like, Oh, I must not be doing enough. And then the problem gets worse because they're ramping up even more and then they get hurt. And yeah. yeah, Take your rest days, listen to your body. Yeah. Uh, You are around a lot of, Pro, I mean, pro, what I would consider pros, obviously. What is it that they are? What do you What do you see that they are doing that's making them so good, so successful? 
Um, just showing up dedication and being consistent is so important. Um, and it's hard, you know, you have, uh, work and relationships and, um, you know, it's not every day you want to get out and ride your bike. There are days where, you know, you wake up and you're like, I don't know how you get, first of all, going to get a little off topic here, but you guys doing your like 5am rides. Crazy. <laughs> you get so many people out there. It's awesome. Other people besides you, I guess, uh, wake up and they're like, oh man, I don't feel like riding today. Um, and just knowing that once you get on the bike or once you get out on your run or doing you know, whatever you're doing, once you get out there, you're going to feel good. Uh, you're going to feel good that you did it. And just like having that faith instead of, I mean, it's tough to be uh, disciplined, but yeah, that discipline, just making sure that you are consistent is super important. And I think that's the biggest thing that separates someone who's at the highest level of the sport from, from, you know, folks who aren't other than, the, you know, the other stuff. Like if you're going to try to be a doctor, you're probably not going to make a very good professional cyclist because <laughs> you, you got too much going on. It's a time. So until you're 50, then, yeah, then, it work, yeah. then it works out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's just like, um, I think that is a pattern for everything in life really um, that small, tiny step per day will always beat the big chomp that you, that a guy would try to do like on the weekend to catch up or, yep. um, whether it's education or I don't even, I mean, working in a garden, it's like tiny, uh, little here and there is way better than a six hour sesh to try to fix all the stuff that you've missed. I mean, it's just dumb. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Very cool. Nothing against uh, six hour rides, but you got to go out and yeah, do yeah. it every day, you know, it's <laughs> show up. I, I agree. Um, Brad, when you, when you look at your life, balancing work, writing, energy, uh, all that, how, how do you manage that? Um, what have you learned over the years on how to manage balance? Uh, it's not easy. Uh, that's the, the biggest thing that I've learned, I guess. It's that it's never um, something that just works itself out. You always have to be, for me, I'm, I'm always trying to be conscious of like, hey, what, what do I need? Um, do I need some downtime? Am I like way overdoing it right now? Because uh, there are times when like, you know, for two weeks, three weeks, two months, whatever, I'm just like every weekend is something I'm racing or working or um, I've got obligations or weddings or whatever. Um, and I'm, and I'm getting better at checking in on myself. Hey, I'm fried right now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta set some time aside, maybe even take some time off the bike or whatever, but just make sure that I'm, you know, able to show up mentally and be, you know, there's no point in maintaining relationships or, or anything. If you're, if you're showing up at, 60 70% or less uh, for these uh, friends or let's if, you know take some time for yourself and be sure that you can show up 100% for everything that you're doing don't try to do too much um, yeah. and it's tough right if you're working full-time and then you're also trying to ride 20 hours a week like you know yeah. not a whole lot of free time so being intentional with your time and um, and making sure that you're not super burnt out uh, is important. Yeah, it's great advice. Really good. I have a close friend that uses this analogy of, um, 
Have have you ever when you know when you, when you cook pancakes and then the first pancake, the heat's bad or the mix was bad, and he he always calls that he always makes a reference. He calls it the this is the first pancake, um, and he talks about that. He's like, I'm just trying to dial in uh, the second pancake right now to make sure because <laughs> the first pancake was a mess. So uh, that's, I think that's sometimes how it happens. You know, when you're trying to learn how to balance, um, you know, you get a new kid or get a new job or even right now is tough. Like daylight's changing, the weather's changing for us. And it's like, how am I going to balance now winter? Um, that's all right. Yeah. Mess the first pancake up. It's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. It's cool. That's it's okay. Get the second, it's so, just make sure you get the second pancake. Second pancake yeah. Just put more syrup on that first one. So. <laughs> All right, dude. What's 2023 hold? What's going on? What are you going to do? Um, we've got some cool stuff in the works. Um, I'm pretty stoked. I, I never got to race USA crits, which was the big like premier yeah. criterium league in the U S shut down for a variety of reasons. Um, but maybe a year or two years ago now, whenever that was. Uh, and we were a D1 USA crits team. So that was, that was what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that I went to was as a guest rider. Um, and then they didn't let me race cause I was a cat too at the time. And I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. And then they let another cat two rider guest ride for our team. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Whatever. Uh, the second that's one not, I went not to, sensitive about that. <laughs> I'm no, not at all. Not at all. I don't, uh, I'm not still holding on to that. Um, the second one I went to was as a part of Valet factory racing. It was the Birmingham, uh, hammer fest. It was the first one of the year. Uh, and it was canceled. It was the first race canceled due to COVID. It was canceled while we were on the flight. So we landed and pulled up our phones and get the email. And it's like, canceled like dang and that's you know a whole year of bike racing canceled essentially for that uh, and then the the series died and i was like that's a bummer mm-hmm. uh but valet factory but- race will be um I, none of this is finalized and i i don't even i don't know a whole lot about it and i'm not supposed to know a whole lot about it i don't think i'm supposed to say anything about it but uh we're going to be i think supposedly racing in um what is taking over as the new usa crits right um, premier usa criterium league and uh i think we're all very excited about that i think that's kind of lit uh, a new fire under the team and i for i and the rest of the guys are are very excited to to do some more domestic crit racing fun that's money yeah i saw is that the one with the big million dollar payout or isn't that are we not talking about it's the same not. thing no no no. you're thinking okay. of uh so that's the ncl this is a different okay there's going to be two leagues next year. Um, the way I'm looking at it is one's the NBA and one is the ABA and one is okay. probably at some point going to absorb the other and we'll see what happens. Okay. I've got faith in the one that we're a part of for a bunch of reasons. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out. Nice. All right. Well, I'm going to encourage you to do a uh, crusher and the tusher. You should join me next year. At that. I told Brian, I was like, Hey, we're going to crusher. All we got to do is get to Salt Lake and then we'll make Stu drive us up. <laughs> That's exactly the plan. You wait till you see Beaver, Utah. You will not be amazed. <laughs> I was pretty bummed that we missed it this year. Uh, and so I don't think we're going to make that mistake next year. It was pretty cool. Very cool race. All right. I have one final question. Uh, one of the biggest things on this team, loaded Joe, Logan and Jackson, huge race. And one of your Volar factory teammates won 
this year? John, John. the diesel motor Borschel. He crushed. Uh, you going to join him next year? What are you going to do? Are you going to be with I, us? I uh, will probably leave that to John. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I would do in that event. Blake likes to kid that anything over six hours, my wheels come off. And mm. while he likes to joke about it, there's definitely a, uh, a level of, <laughs> he's being a little serious there. Um, and yeah, John, he's just, he's such a motor. We, uh, beast. he's an animal. We did the Vuelta Independencia in uh, the Dominican Republic this year. And he won the first stage. Our mm. director is like, all right, no heroics. Nobody doing anything stupid. He's looking at John when he says this, nobody go off the front. After 10 miles of racing, there's, there's no point. Nobody doing anything stupid. We're just going to play it smart. Mm -hmm. And 10 miles go by. John gets bored, goes off the front. Solos, I mean, it was like 112-mile stage. Oh he God. was solo for over 100 miles, averaged like 26 miles an hour. Um, one guy joined him for a while and then uh, dropped his chain over a train crossing or something um freddie matute who's also an animal uh anyways john ended up yeah riding the whole thing solo cool. he's a he's a beast he's a force of nature so anyways i don't really want to get mixed up in that if he's doing loaded john next year i'll probably <laughs> <let that in. laughs> maybe i'll come out to hang out with you guys seems like everyone cool does it and maybe i want yeah. to be part of that that's a blast well either way we'll see a camp we got dates set april 13th 14th 15th and 16th so it's a little later than last year We'll have a little warmer weather and less chance of rain and stuff. So hopefully you'll be there, man. I uh, told, yeah, that's my, I've, I've got some goals for next year. I've got some events that I'm looking forward to. And none of them are as important as your guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, this is why Brad is on the podcast today. <laughs> it was a highlight of my years. Highlight of my year. I, I'm not going to miss it for 2023. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks so much. Grateful for you. Grateful you're a friend of the team and thankful for the time you spent with me today. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, and for you guys, I mean, the whole, like I said, you guys, the whole club. You guys rock. Bunch of great people. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yep. We'll see ya.